Welcome to Nutrition Bites, the no-nonsense podcast where you get the truth about food so you can eat what you want and be healthy. I'm your host, Maggie, and welcome to episode 13 of this series. Today's topic was inspired by my true dedication to breakfast and absolute love of late night snacking. On the menu today, meal timing. There's long been talk on the street, and by street I mean YouTube and Cosmo magazine, about the importance of when you should eat your meals, particularly breakfast and dinner. Most often the discussion is focused around weight loss, but other health promises get looped into this debate too. The popular phrase, don't eat anything after 8pm, has been swirling around for decades, and as someone who snacks at night like a squirrel prepping for hibernation, I so badly want this to be a myth. And when it comes to breakfast, some people are perfectly content missing the meal while I am the self-appointed captain of team Wake Up and Eat. Even as a kid, I distinctly remember running to the kitchen as soon as I woke up so I could sit down to my meal of OJ and a plain white bagel with butter. The picky eater's breakfast of champions. Often, the timing of when we eat our first and last bites of the day are guided by cultural and personal preferences. But are there any health effects to these meal timing differences? Let's dig in. Breakfast gets its name because it's the meal of the day when you break your overnight fast. The International Breakfast Research Initiative, a hilariously specific research group, defines breakfast as a meal that is consumed within two to three hours of waking up. And for a long time, the quote, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, convinced me that breakfast was a meal that could not be missed. I so strongly believed in this quote that as a teen, I would scorn my teammates for not eating before morning practice. I even remember telling them unverified facts like, you're going to die four years early if you don't eat in the morning. I know, I was super fun to be around. Fortunately, I've since learned to be less of an asshole when it comes to other people's eating preferences and to also always double check my nutrition advice. Speaking of, let's get back to that famous breakfast quote. Where does it come from and is there any truth to it? Well, back in the mid-1800s, James Jackson and John Harvey Kellogg wanted to increase sales of their newly invented breakfast food, cornflake cereal. Yeah, that's right, Kellogg's cornflakes. So they coined this famous quote about the importance of breakfast in order to help convince the masses to never miss this meal. But it was only after the pork industry adopted it to help sell bacon did it really become a mainstream quote. Pork lobbyists got thousands of doctors to sign off on the health benefits of eating more protein in the morning, and voila, breakfast became known as the most important meal of the day. And while once upon a time everyone ate breakfast, the consumption of this meal has been on a steady decline. One stat shows that between 20 to 30 percent of U.S. adults do not eat breakfast, and that number is increasing. Our lifestyles have radically shifted in the past century. Women with their fancy jobs no longer have time to make luxurious sit-down meals for their husbands and families. And in general, people's schedules have become much more packed, whether that means squeezing in a gym session in the morning or sleeping in because of late-night activities. Also, let's not dismiss the fact that some people just aren't hungry in the morning. More recently, intermittent fasting, which I covered in episode 5, has gained in popularity, and skipping breakfast is one strategy used to extend an overnight fast. 
But despite the increasing popularity and many valid reasons for missing breakfast, there does seem to be a lot of evidence pointing towards the importance of this meal for our long-term health. Maybe Mr. Kelg was onto something after all. Multiple observational studies have shown that compared to breakfast skippers, those who do eat breakfast tend to maintain a healthier weight over time and are less likely to become obese. Daily breakfast eaters also tend to have lower cholesterol and blood pressure and are less likely to develop cardiovascular disease. And it's a similar story for diabetes. But scientists don't clearly understand why these associations exist. The short-term effects of eating breakfast versus missing it are actually pretty neutral. So what's going on here? Well, one potential theory for all these long-term findings is a concept called reverse causation, meaning it's not that skipping breakfast causes obesity or other chronic diseases, but those who miss the meal generally lead less healthier lifestyles, which will then later on develop into a chronic disease. So for example, some research has shown that adults who tend to skip breakfast are also more likely to smoke cigarettes, drink alcohol, not exercise, consume more added sugar, and have a higher daily caloric intake than those who do eat breakfast. Socioeconomic status plays a role too. Regular breakfast consumers may have more regular working hours, like the 9 to 5 kind of job, and therefore are able to get to bed, wake up, and eat at a more reasonable time than, let's say, a shift worker. So while a lot of studies do associate eating breakfast with improved long-term health, the science is just not strong enough to suggest you absolutely need to eat it. Even the American Heart Association has stated that if you don't normally eat breakfast, there's no concrete evidence to suggest you should start. And health experts agree. It's much more important to evaluate what you are eating for your first bite of the day rather than when you are eating it. I mean, birthday cake flavored donut cereal, which is a real thing and also some weird carbohydrate inception, is not necessarily the healthiest way to break your fast. It may be better to miss breakfast if this is your only option for food. The important thing though is to just listen to your hunger cues and eat when you feel the need. If you can function well without breakfast, so be it. Just make sure that whenever you take your first bite of the day, focus on making it nutritious as well as delicious. Now let's move on to the last meal of the day. Dinner, or supper if you want to get uber Canadian. The timing of dinner is a less controversial topic, but eating at night in general has landed in confusing territory. Not eating past an arbitrary time in the evening is used in intermittent fasting and has also been suggested as a general weight loss tactic, but the latter has been proven false by simply comparing cultures across the globe. For example, Spaniards are notorious for late night dinners, sometimes sitting down as late as 10 or 11 at night, but they're not necessarily more heavy than an early dinner kind of nation. In fact, multiple observational studies conclude that eating in the evening does not influence your body weight. However, what is important is what you are eating rather than when you are eating it. But that's so much easier said than done, especially at night. It's no shocking revelation that by the time dinner rolls around, we're often fatigued and would rather order takeout than spend time cooking a healthy homemade meal. We also tend to eat more impulsively as the day progresses, so when it comes to our preferences for dinner or a nighttime snack, we're more likely to give in to our cravings for high fat and added sugar foods. And if you're a snacker, like yours truly, we're often not eating mindfully at night either. I know I tend to focus on the latest Netflix drama 
rather than how many times I've refilled the chip bowl or, let's be real here, given up the bowl altogether and gone for the entire bag completely. All of these factors combined puts us in a situation where we're just more likely to choose less healthy foods and overeat, two key reasons why some people experience weight gain with nighttime eating. Apart from body weight, there are also other aspects of our health that have been proven affected by our evening food choices. Going to bed soon after eating anything increases your risk of acid reflux and heartburn. That's because when you lay horizontally, you lose the effect of gravity, which helps keep the contents of your stomach in their rightful place. Now, the official recommendation is to wait two to three hours after eating before lying down. And that unfortunately means no more in-bed Doritos after the bar. Another trigger for heartburn is high fat and heavy foods, which is even more annoying considering that pizza, poutine, and shawarma are the most common options we have to choose from for late at night snacking. Maybe someone should tell Pepto-Bismol that if they truly want to tackle heartburn, they should create a salad and smoothie chain catering to the night owls. Eating high fat and heavy foods at night has also been associated with disrupting our sleep. In particular, increasing the time it takes to fall asleep and the amount of time we spend lying restlessly awake in bed. So as delicious and tempting as our more impulsive nightly snacks and meals are, it truly is better to just try and eat less food and keep it a little lighter. But as simple as that suggestion sounds, it's not that easy for everybody to make healthier adjustments to their nighttime eating routine. And that may be in part due to genetics. Circadian rhythms are physiological and mental changes our bodies undergo that follow an internal 24-hour cycle. The most well-known circadian rhythm is the sleep-wake cycle, which dictates when you naturally feel sleepy and wake up. A master clock of sorts in the brain directs these rhythms, but these biological shifts are also heavily influenced by environmental cues like how light or dark it is outside, as well as our DNA. Research in this space is still pretty new, but studies are emerging that show when we live against our internal clocks, we're more likely to develop metabolic diseases like obesity and diabetes. Night shift workers are a prime example. By nature of their job, these workers are awake when they should normally be asleep, and they also consume most of their food during what is usually a fasting time for their body. So it's not too surprising that night shift workers are also much more likely to be overweight and at a higher risk for developing chronic diseases. Now comes the hard part. How can we use this information about our internal clocks to make better choices? Well, the population can be divided into different chronotypes, which is a categorization to define whether you are more of an early bird or a night owl. And I'm positive you already know which one you are. Those who are early chronotypes go to bed and wake up earlier and are more focused in the morning and tend to begin getting fatigued in the early afternoon. Late chronotypes are the opposite. While much of the population has kind of an average chronotype, there is huge individual variability. And despite our early bird or late night owl status being set by our genes, it also does shift over time. We all start out as early chronotypes, and I'm sure many parents can relate to the ungodly hours their small children wake up and are prepared to run a marathon. As we age into our teens, we shift to become late chronotypes, with our peak night owl status occurring around age 19. Afterwards, there's a slow and steady reverse back to an earlier chronotype. So next time someone complains about how they can no longer rally late into the evening like they did in their early 20s, 
you now understand why this happens. It's just biology. Recently, scientists have also begun to investigate how differences in our internal clocks may impact our body's response to meals like breakfast and dinner. One association that has been made suggests that earlier chronotypes are more likely to maintain a healthy weight if they eat breakfast. On the flip side, late chronotypes are more likely to be obese if they eat a lot of food within two hours of going to sleep. Kind of mean to the late chronotypes, no. I mean, genetically, you're more awake at night, but also punished for eating too late at night. Unfortunately, even more research has shown that the cards are stacked against night owls. Recent findings suggest that late chronotypes also tend to have more difficulty controlling the quantity of food they eat, and that they tend to consume higher fat foods and engage in less physical activity, all of which contribute to their generally higher risk of developing obesity, heart disease, and diabetes. Damn that DNA. Other early research suggests that your chronotype may influence when you should be consuming your daily calories. Generally speaking, to avoid increasing the risk of developing obesity, early chronotypes should ensure that more than half of their daily calories are consumed before 4 p.m. And for night owls, most calories should be consumed before 9 p.m. Piecing everything together, this seems to make sense. Early chronotypes are up earlier and benefit from eating breakfast, and consuming at least half their calories before the late afternoon. Late chronotypes can skip breakfast without consequence, but need to ensure they avoid high-calorie and high-fat foods in the evening. Now keep in mind that this quick summary and most research on chronotypes and our metabolic health is in the very early stages, so don't treat this information as gospel. Simply just use it as another piece of info to better understand how you can shift your eating habits in a healthier direction. While our 21st century lifestyles have radically changed how often and when we eat, evidence is still emerging as to the importance of the timing of our first and last meals of the day. There does seem to be an association between those who eat breakfast and improve long-term health, but not enough evidence to dictate you should eat this meal if you don't feel like it. There's also a strong consensus that eating a lot of high-fat or high-calorie foods shortly before bed is not recommended for anyone. And while research on chronotypes is still fairly new, the lesson here is to just really listen to your body and try to live by your internal clock. There's no need to eat a meal just because it's the culturally acceptable thing to do. And the biggest takeaway from today should be this. Focus less on when you are eating your meals and instead focus on the nutritional value and quantity of food that you do consume. Remember, you are what you eat, not when you eat it. That's been the bite for today. Stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Bites. If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast and share with a friend. If you want to get in touch with me, please follow me on Instagram at Nutrition Bites Podcast. Have a great week.